This is Getting Fast Subtitles. My name is Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And welcome to week number three of our holiday special. Last week we watched, it's a long title, something. It all began when I met you. <laughs> That's what it was called. <laughs> something, the brain part. <laughs> some long title, When I Met You, was all I had. We kicked it off with Tokyo Godfathers and we watched It All Began When I Met You. Uh, both pretty good films. Well, the latter being meh at best, as we kind of noted. But this week, we kind of really turned it around in both tone and impressions. And color. <laughs> and color. That's racist. Like, why, <laughs> do you you bring, why do you bring color into this? There is no color. All right, that's fair. Yes, we watched Merry Christmas, Mr. Mo. Yep. Came out in 2016, directed by Dae Hyung Lim. And this is his debut film, apparently. Um, this is on your side of the picks. So what kind of drawn you out? What made you kind of like, hmm. Uh, it was black and white, first of all. It's so simple. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this such, is cool. Such a simp answer. This is a, you know, you don't really see this in modern film. So I was like, okay, let's see what it's about. Uh-huh. And then um, I saw the trailer for it. I was looking up like Christmas movies. And I guess the the uh, keyword Christmas kind of triggered the, uh, the title. title. <laughs> and so it was there. And I was like looking at the looking at the movie trailer and then it looked interesting because it was it gave you a very basic idea of what the story was about. Like right. the barber who, you know, finds out that he has cancer or whatever and mm. he decides to try to make a movie. And I like the premise of it so and it it seemed like there was a Christmas theme to it, so I was like, Okay. <laughs> let's go with this I one. I think it fits. I yeah. think it fits the mode. But uh, I was actually very pleasantly surprised as I was watching the movie because uh, my uncle is actually in the in the film. Dun, dun, dun. And I was like, what the? <laughs> I was just watching it. And I just literally see him sitting in the barber seat. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what the? But uh, that was really, really interesting. Yeah. Do you hate my wife? <laughs> you won't take food from her? No. You hate my wife? Um. Yeah, totally unscripted. Totally, you totally. No, no this movie I actually, <laughs> I had no clue. I I don't talk to my uncle that much, so yeah, I don't I'm know not, what his filmography is. I I know I know I know, I know, I know like a few movies that he was in, but right. like remember I told you about like uh, he was in the host. Oh yeah, Home yeah, yeah. host yeah, mm. and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't I don't really like you know I don't like keep up with everything <laughs> he does. So like I had no clue, and I just watched it. But it's like a pleasant surprise. Actually, it's interesting because. When I watched like Korean dramas, like yeah. there are times when he would like pop up, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." What the f- but like, <laughs> either either like he would pop up or his wife would pop up. Oh yeah. And his wife is in this movie as well. Uh, she's the devout Catholic woman. Mm. Um, so it was actually very interesting. And they're married, so I guess they like do gigs together a lot too, sure. like, and and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Just like milking the industry for like. Yeah, we're like short on rent this week, and I got this project. Now they're they're looking for this other extra role. Hey, <laughs> you know, so they can't pay us together. <laughs> so we'll like collect two paychecks. Word. You know, like that's the dream team right there. You know, yeah. <laughs> but but it's good to see him on, on screen. Yeah, it's yeah. good to see him. You know, doing what he loves. So that was a pleasant character, though. I think they did really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure, definitely both. For even like, I think. Like um, like a theme, just like talking about this film was how, like the performances are really great and the characters are great, and they do so much with like so how little. yeah, like how limited yeah. they're kind of given. You know, I think that that was a really kind of special trait about this movie in yeah. general. I I really agree with that statement. Like especially like the side characters. Mm-hmm. Um, not the you know not uh Mr. Mo or Yewon or um the son. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from them, like even the the chicken shop owner yeah. who just literally just like, sits there and, yeah. and reads the book the whole time, and he's actually a really famous uh, actor too. Mm. Uh, I think he. I think I've seen him around. Yeah, yeah he. Uh, I think he uh did this part as like a just a like a, like a favor kind of yeah a favor like a, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, like even just him just sitting there, there's something like so. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's just like a characteristic. Like yeah, a, like yeah. you, you kind of like see, you kind of can believe that there is a person like that somewhere, <laughs> right? Who right. owns a chicken shop but doesn't work or doesn't do anything, <laughs> but just reads all day there. He's just like the silent observer, yeah, like, owner, you know, right. Like he acts like he's reading, but he's always meddling in everyone's business or something like that. He's like silently eavesdropping on the conversation. Like you get the vibe that he knows Mo really well as like his customer. Yeah. And so, particularly when uh, Jayong comes into yeah. the restaurant and there's just those cutaways with him, and he's like, "What is this like awkward date that he's yeah. doing with this girl? Like, who is this girl? Like, you kind of get right, all right. these thoughts from him just from just from looking at him. And he doesn't know? say one word. He doesn't say anything. Yep. So like, that's that's just the natural beauty, you know. Like that's that's a yeah. a really kind of tough thing, but like a unique thing to do, right? Yeah, I think I think um, that's what the movie does really well is also like how it uses actions rather than words to right, um, you know, tell the story, you know, or like tell like a person's motions, emotions, or or right. kind of thought process. Um, even like when you know Chaeyoung, when when uh, Mr. Mo is with Chaeyoung, and like you know they don't really talk about anything specific. Yeah. But then you can kind of get an idea of like what they're thinking about each other. Exactly. And like through their like facial expressions, <laughs> or or like how they act, and then <clears throat> what they do, and how that you know how they react to that, and right, you right. Know, how that comes together. Yeah, like we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But um, I'm gonna put a pause on it. Just you give us the synopsis, okay. and then we'll we'll go back to it. Sure, sure. Uh, so the synopsis is fairly simple. Um, there is this man who is a barber in this rural area, and he um goes to the health center in the rural area, and he gets basically a checkup, and the woman there tells him that he needs to um you know be careful and watch his health because. You know, he has cancer. He has stomach cancer. Mm. And so you better be careful. But And basically, she tells him, like, don't smoke and, you know, eat healthy and all that. Um, but Mr. Mo comes back home and he kind of, uh, he's a very, like, lifeless man. Like, he doesn't really have anything going for him. And he just kind of lives um, as a barber in this little rural area. And his son uh, lives in Seoul with his. Uh, I don't know if it's like a girlfriend or a wife or a. Not they're just like they're a just dating. Da- dating, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so his son's in Seoul and he wants to be a director. The son, um, but he, I guess, it's not really going too well for him. I'm mm. um, in Seoul, and then um, Mr. Mo decides that you know since he doesn't have. Um, long to live that he's going to make a short movie um, because he always wanted to be an actor but he never got you know never he he tried to become an actor um, he went to Seoul and he he worked there and he tried to get auditions and stuff but it never worked out for him but you know, because he's about to die he decides that he's going to make a movie himself and so he employs his son he calls his son or he calls um Yewon the uh girlfriend first and then tells her to bring his son down to the rural area where he lives and and uh mr mo basically tells him that he he has a script he has a scenario that he wants to make into a movie and yewon decides thinks that it's it's an interesting idea and so she tells kind of convinces the son to help out with this project um especially because she finds out that Mr. Mo has cancer because she asks him. But then, you know, the son kind of is aloof. He, like, he's kind of has that, like, typical father-son relationship. <laughs> the awkward, like, you know. The, yeah, like, I stopped talking to my dad 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, like, typical Korean, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> relationship with the father. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they go they go to Seoul and they film it, basically. Yeah. There and they um, do all that. And while they're doing that, um, Yewon asks um, Mr. Mo that you know, in exchange for us doing this, that you're gonna go and and get uh, checked up and and go to the hospital and get treated. Mm-hmm. 
And so he kind of reluctantly decides, okay, like, I'll do that. And while they make their way to Seoul, they actually meet this woman um, who Mr. Mo just describes as, like, a woman from the past that he, you know, used to know. Mm -hmm. And later on, it's revealed that it's actually the son's mother and that Mr. Mo and that woman actually... Um, had the baby together when they were around 19 years old. And then um, because, you know, because of the circumstance and because they're so young, I guess she left the son with him. And he um, basically took the child and he actually got married to another woman, um, his his wife, right? And uh, yeah, so that's what happened. And the son kind of gets shocked. But, uh, you know... Seeing the circumstance and the situation, he continues on with the project and um, basically finishes the project. Um, and they actually have a screening at the um, at the rural area, and he actually invites all of the side characters and all the people that are in his life, and he has a screening there um, while actually he's getting treated in Seoul. So, um, and that's basically how it ends. He's you see him in Seoul in the hospital on the bed and there's like fireworks going out and kind of the 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 main point i guess of that is the movie is supposed to be about him basically um the end of his life right the bomb is kind of representative of like oh like it's time i'm gonna kill myself like um, like this is the time is ticking and the bomb is supposed to explode but actually at the end it says false alarm right yeah and that's kind of um, parallel to him in the hospital getting treated, and hopefully it might be a you know it's a hopeful it might work yeah out for him <laughs> in the end. Well done, well done. Yeah, there's a lot to dig into. Um, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect when I first uh, going into the movie, um, but I definitely didn't expect, I guess, what I ended up watching. Um, you know, like knowing that it was black and white. I don't know, like, I didn't really, like, also it being a holiday film, like, inherently, we think, like, that's kind of, like, an uplifting kind of tone, kind of, like, hopeful kind of tone, but uh, this movie was very, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, dreary? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> Depressing? <laughs> uh, bleak, that's the word I'm looking for. It's pretty bleak. Um but like I said, it kind of does end on like like at the very last second, it's got like a little bit of a, hope, a hopeful manner. Uh, but really, like the story, like the filmmaking of it all was uh, really really well done. I think I came out with this movie, like I finished watching it and I was kind of like in awe, like wow, that was really well. And then going back for like notes and previews, previewing it again, I was like, there's a lot that you can just learn from this movie too. Yeah, especially for younger filmmakers and. Yeah new filmmakers who you know when we watch blockbuster movies Mm -hmm. like the scale is so big that you really can't fathom the um the small bit by bit pieces of putting that together right right yeah whereas this movie if you watch it i think you can get a pretty good sense of what they did and how they did it and yeah how they made it and because it's a low budget film like this is you can do this right like it's not like something it's not like like the Batman like trilogy, you can't really do that unless you have the, you know, right. the, you're, not, you're not blowing up a hospital. No, like, <laughs> no, you're not blowing up a hospital. You're not blowing up trains, and you're not doing right. all of that, right? You're not gonna have a Batmobile, right? Right. But this movie is definitely within the scale of being able to do. I think even um, not as a big crew. Right. And if you actually look at the credits, it's not that long, right? Sure. Um, comparatively, and they have a lot of. I mean, it's in Korean, so you're probably like, "What the hell is this?" I don't know. But um, credits there's a credits. lot of actually, there's a lot of more like thank you to uh, a lot of people uh, than than, like, than even <laughs> like you know a lot of credits, right? Which is pretty cool because as a you know starting out as a filmmaker, I think this is one of the, one of like a really good film to kind of see and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah. like this is an interesting film." Um, it's it it's you know the standard hour and forty something minutes long, yeah. but they tell the story really well. It's really well shot in terms of cinematography, I think. Right. They really thought about like what 
to put in the screen in the in the shot 100% right and like how to shoot it like where to put the camera yeah and what to point it at and like thought about how they're gonna cut it right yeah like everything just feels intentional like like it's very like when we talk about like the script and like films being tight like this is one of those movies where just like you you watch it and you see like the method of it like Mm -hmm. you really understand like the purposeness of like why we're looking at that frame like why was it shot this way and like how like you said the cuts are gonna flow and like just like from scene to scene like you can just really kind of see it all pieced together yeah Um, and that's something that you kind of lose um sometimes with bigger films because sometimes they shoot it because they can right like they they take that shot because oh i have three different cameras that i can cut to right right so i'm just gonna get the angle right and sometimes they just use that angle yeah but when you have a lower budget film, it's like I can't have like five different cameras <laughs> shooting at one thing. Right. Yeah. I have this one camera, and then it's very parallel to the movie that they're making as well, right? Because it's like a really, really small, <laughs> like no budget <laughs> film, right? They're just going around <laughs> town. Right, with just their going around HD town. Cam, like, they have a little got? popcorn and a little fire, and that's basically all they have. They're like five different props, and let's and go, like, right? So. <laughs> no permits (laughs) (laughs) exactly so like that's really i think one thing to take away is like the intentionality of it um especially cinematography like where to put the camera right and like the movement of the camera right Mm -hmm. you know when they dolly in or like when they pan or when they you know track slowly um those are all very um intentional and Mm -hmm. like it's it's not like it's not so like they don't just do it any everywhere and any time that they can, right? Right, right. And you can tell that it's really intentional. Yeah, what you find like what I find a lot of the times that like I really love indie films, um, and a lot of times that I find that stories that are very films that are very like story driven are very reliable on the script or on their actors and performances. Like cinematography wise, it's usually the same. Like it's always going to be on a tripod. It's always going to be still. It's very few that they're going to do movement. And, like, if you're going to see movement, it's usually going to be, like, like a dolly in, you know? Like, say you have, like, a two-shot and a wide. Like, you're just going to see, like, them moving in, like, as, like, just to help the conversation. But for the most part, it's always, like, a set frame. Like, you're always, right. like, they're just pointing it at something. And it's really more concerned of, like, what are we putting in the frame? Yeah. Rather than, like, the camera itself a lot of the times. And... I mean, that's this movie also follows that a lot. Like, a lot of times, it's we're just kind of placed somewhere and we're watching just, you know, the world happen and the story happen and the actors do their thing. You know, it's we're very much reliant on them kind of fulfilling right. it. And also, when they use that, you know, dolly or when they use that, you know, tracking shot, uh, it's to tell the story, right? Right. Like, sometimes when they track, it's it's not just like, Oh, let me just follow this person, but it's like, oh, we we're revealing something, right? Sure. We're going from you know, this one frame to another frame, and as we're moving f- from A to B, mm-hmm. like there's a reveal there that kind of yeah. aids in telling the story, or yeah. you know, when uh, when they have what what what's that like the editing, right? Mm-hmm. Like how they cut, um, like where they cut, and like how they put you know a frame and b frame together yeah and when they put that together that's also telling the story right yeah and so in that way like the intentionality serves to tell the story a lot more um because it's funny because when you're limited in budget you have to find other ways to you know make that um make that story known in a easier way or like a more digestible way yeah and using camera and cutting is like one of the fundamental ways of really doing that yeah well like i said like when you're on when you're doing an indie film versus like even outside of units like if you're doing like coverage is the biggest thing right like if you're on a bigger budget you know like i said you can have three cameras on a certain scene or an action and now you have freedom and flexibility in the editing room to be like we've got five different shots in the coverage to go around it but in a in a low budget movie you know you got a single camera you don't have the pleasure of coverage so you have to methodically just look at like 
how am I going to do this conversation? Like, yeah, you have to pre-visualize it, right? Exactly. You, you have to in like pre-production. You have to be like, okay, I'm going to cut it this yeah, way. You basically have to edit it before you get to the room yeah. with a single camera. And so that's why you get like, you know that it's super intentional. You know that like the purpose with it because like it's, they just had to do it before they have to right. get there. You know? Yeah, they just don't have the money for, for yeah. you know, <laughs> just playing around. Yeah. So like a key example that I thought of was like concerning movement was like in the beginning, we're getting to know Mr. Moe's uh, like daily routine. Like that was the first chapter. And so like after he comes back from the hospital, we get that like profile tracking shot of him walking through like the river, probably like on his way to work. Yep. And then he meets the um, the kid like, on the bike, the kid on the bike. And then they have like the simple exchange like, oh, hey, Mr. Moe. And then he just kind of goes on. And then we get like that shot of uh, behind Mo where the kid is. And then later on that day, we get the same shot. Um, and that's when, like, after he writes the script and ha- he has a story. Mm-hmm. And then they have that same interaction. But instead of Mo passing him, like, the kid on the bike kind of goes past him and then stops because Mo, because, like, Mo is doing something different than, yeah. like, his daily routine. And he starts, like, doing the robot dance. Yeah. And then you just see, like, the kid. s- kids, like, started reaction with it. Yeah. Like, you just have these two different scenes, and, like, obviously something different has happened. But it's shot basically the same way. Yeah. Right? It's just, like, like I said, it's 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 just the parallel of, like, this is his daily routine, and now something's off. Yeah. How we do it. So, like, there's a very clear... Yeah, that, that's one thing that, yeah, like you mentioned, it's repetition, right? Mm-hmm. And repetition in serving the story. Because um, one thing that they want to emphasize, especially in part chapter one of the story, is the banality of the situation right? right just the dreariness and the bleakness and just the boring right. repetitious life that he has and like there's really nothing going for him right and how can you tell that um within the cut how can you tell that within you know the film medium yeah and that's the repetition right yeah when you repeat the same thing over and over again that you know it's kind of boring and it's like oh why am i doing this right you get that feeling the same thing like when he when you see that repetition within when, like for example, when every time he goes to sleep, it's the same exact frame, right? Right? It's the same thing. He hits the pillow once, and <laughs> you know, or like you know, when he goes into the pool, basically same thing. Or when he goes to the chicken shop, they repeat the same shots over and over again. But right. it's showing you something. And then, and then, like you mentioned, when he actually finally you know decides to write the scenario, and like there's that little change. It's the same shot, but there's something different in the shot. Where, like, they have one extra shot um, that kind of changes that scene a little bit. Mm -hmm. That kind of shows you that, oh, something's changing, right? Right. And that's really, like, the fundamental, like, building block of uh, films being implemented. And, you know, like, that's something that you can learn in your own Right. Uh, you know, you can learn it here. We <laughs> gave you a free le- film lesson. We we just taught you a master class of filmmaking. Right. In your own in, in your own films too, you can employ that, right? Right. Like, how can I use, you know, movement of the of the in camera, or how can I use the cut to really, mm-hmm. you know, make my story, you know, enhance my story? Yeah, they're all techniques. It's not new. They're just things in the book that work. Yeah, <laughs> and you got to bring it out. You know, use it in a smart way. Um, what else was I going to bring up? I mean, so like concerning the story, um, like just kind of like how it's done and like the tone of it. Um, whatever, I think what I found most interesting was like, okay, we can go back to the conversation of how like there was a lot being done within the little space that was given. Um, so like a lot of the times, like even... Like I said, that's definitely true with the side characters who want to get, like, you know, maybe five minutes, two minutes of screen time. But that's even true for the main three um, in that, like, there's so little dialogue between (laughs) them. Or, like, it's, like, irrelevant to kind of, like, their character per se, right? Right. It's It's not like they're actively being, like, exposition, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that a lot of it is... Like, a lot of what you're supposed to know and what their, like, true intention of, like, the conversation or the scene is inferred rather than said, like, aloud or straightforward. Through exposition, yeah. Right. So you kind of have to, like, what was interesting about watching this movie was 
like piecing together the puzzle of like who these characters were and then what brought them to the moment that we're watching now and then like also now like once you get it you're like okay now where are they going with that like yeah. with the rest of the movie like you know uh mr mo and steven his son like just their relationship in general you don't really know any backstory you don't know why steven has this disconnection with his father um i mean uh, like a big thing was really between steven and his girlfriend yi wong like you have no idea why they're having relationship issues yeah and a lot of times even me like in the beginning was like well what is what exactly is the relationship yeah. like I, at one point i was like are they sister and brother or <laughs> like because they referred like mr mo as like dad a lot yeah, of times yeah, yeah. and how they kind of treat mr mo is like as a mutual father in a way mm -hmm. you know and then even like how they treat each other is maybe like sibling-esque because yeah. they're not intimate at all mm. um but as you kind of go down the rabbit hole not until like they got drunk right yeah not right. until that scene <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah they, you're they, really not sure what their <laughs> relationship is <laughs> right and yeah, like, you just have to really kind of piece it again. Like, it, it'll really do you justice to go back and watch it again. Like, it is one of those things where if you have a second watch and you have the pieces together, you definitely see it in a different light mm. as you kind of have the context to go through with it. But that's kind of part of the fun, too. Right. And I think that, you know, it's a weird balancing act because if you write a story like that without being upfront or having, like, lacking exposition, like, like one side is like you're just going to get lost as an audience member and things just don't make sense. And then when like certain reveals or plot point happens, they kind of feel left field because you never know. Yeah. Or the opposite side where I think this film leans towards more is like, it gives you just enough that you like, it's making you work your brain right. enough to be like, to like pay attention and to get And I it. think it's, it's not even that they didn't have exposition in this movie too, because like, for example, when uh, the son goes to deliver the um, the, the uh, screening invitation to yeah. the devout woman, right? Uh -huh. Basically, his mom, right? You never, you're never told that that's the mom, or like you're never told who she is, right? Like even even Mr. Mo doesn't talk about who she really is, right? And like the the kid, uh, the kid, the son, and the uh, and Ye Won, they ask him like several times, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like who is this woman? Like why are you going to meet this woman? Mm. Like they ask over and over again. But he never tells it tells them, and we are left at that moment to infer, like as well, right? We're in the same shoes as them. Right. We're kind of like, okay, so who might she be? Right. And we can start speculating. But you know, later on, um, when they're driving, you know, Mister Mo just you know throws it out there, and he's just like, <laughs> "Hey, that's your mama." <laughs> that, that's, by the way, but it's not like that's after the fact too. Right, right. right. But the but the great part about that is like that is the exposition, right? That's right. that that is the most yeah. textbook definition of exposition literally explaining who that person is to right, right. the son but it works so well because the central conflict of that is like his emotional understanding of what happens after the fact that he gets that exposition right right, right. after that he understands that oh this is my mom yeah. and that conflict there is that that's like an inciting you know yeah, yeah it yeah. incites the conflict within that character yeah, yeah so in that sense it is exposition but it is also something that kind of moves that plot point forward right yeah, yeah. so it, it it works really well there and it's not like they're i think they just have like just enough of exposition <laughs> to kind of like and then they're kind of trust the audience to figure out everything else sure yeah so i really like that about this film before we talk about like our feelings on that plot twist mm -hmm. per se, like I, I do want to kind of talk about the mechanics of it like because like you said right it's we're leading the bread. They leave the breadcrumbs throughout the movie up until they meet him. So he's, you know, like Mr. Mo starts off like, oh, I want to shoot it in Seoul. And I'm like, why do you want to shoot it in Seoul? Like, why can't you do it here? And he's like, then Yuong's like, well, there's probably some, you know, emotional attachment or something, like some symbolic significance. And he says, yeah, that there actually is. So that kind of like starts it. And then as they go on through the road trip, he's like, yeah, we're going to go meet an old friend of mine. And then, oh, yeah, we're going to, that person is a woman from like my past life and then he was like it was a former lover of his and that you know like it was young love and things kind of got detached and we moved on so we have like all that knowledge that whoever this woman in soul is is you know was in an emotionally significant person to mo yeah so when steven and like funny enough too like he never meets her it's steven who goes out and gives the invitation 
and then the mom is like kind of shocked or or the the catholic woman is kind of shocked and then they meet outside and then she starts like crying and breaking down after she tells him that it's his that's son. a son yeah like that's kind of a dead getaway already like that is a really big seed there like but it never tells you right? it never tells yeah. you but like knowing all the information that you were given and knowing like her emotional state after finding out that that's mr mo's son like you can infer yeah it's a huge kernel of like is this like an affair kind of yeah. thing like you know yeah and then after the fact and also the fact that mo is like hiding from this woman yeah but what's fun about that moment is like when she's crying you have different thoughts in your mind you're like oh she's crying because like you know of mr mo like is it Mm -hmm. because like he didn't come in person or she doesn't like him anymore who like why is she crying like you have all these thoughts and and then you know that's another thing you know that could be one of the things oh is is he crying because of this of the guy in front of him like so there's a lot of different things and i think that's the fun of it too right like in the audience's mind, if you have all those questions, yeah. it's like priming you emotionally right. for the reveal. Like you know, you, right. you still don't know what it is, but you're like, you're. I'm you, ready. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. ready for whatever. I'm it is. ready you, for you to give me, give me the right. So that's so like when the delivery happens, mm. it like it's good because right. like you're you're already there. You prime you, know? you prime the audience to want the answer, and as, right. when you give the answer. The, the dopamine in in the, <laughs> in the audience's mind, like you know, just like releases. What I that's got it, mom? <laughs> right? What that yeah. poor child? So that, yeah, that that's the kind of thing that you know is really well done. I think here, it's like you you just give them what they need, no more, and let right. them figure it out. And when you actually at the end, when they have all these questions in their in their heads, yeah. and when you give the reveal, it's like okay, that's cool. <laughs> you get that little high and then okay. you're like, Whew, all right, that was nice. I got it. That was good. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Uh so but what are your thoughts on that whole like that point as a plot as Um I mean I like the fact that they didn't like emphasize it like crazy. Like sure. they weren't like, Oh, this is such a dramatic moment. No. The, the slow I mean, like the rest of the movie it's all like flat. Like the delivery I like is it. so I like, like the flatness of this film. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love it. I love the flatness of this film because it just kind of gives it that almost I don't really care vibe to everything. Sure. Which kind of I think it's it's the point of the film, you know, like it's it's to kind of put everything on a level playing field yeah, yeah. in terms of emotions. <laughs> and and that and, and in that kind of almost serene calm, whenever there is that little ripple yeah ripple of of emotion um it kind of emphasizes that more so yeah um it's like a silent appreciation of like the moment that happens i mean you know they're like there's different personalities to everyone right there's a flamboyant one and there's the kind of calm and collected one and in this movie if if it's a person it's like that calm and collected person Mm. whose emotions are not that strong in terms of like you know it's not like so flamboyant yeah, yeah but they do have emotions <laughs> you know like they still have emotions guys yeah. like i think that's kind of like this film if you were to like turn it into a person yeah when that, it's yeah like they all it's it's like because they all seem the same as far as like being emotionally deprived like, <laughs> uh, deprived but but they have character like right. all of them and they do have emotion it's just the way that like that is delivered and even the way that it's like shot and just it all just has like kind of like a similar bar to yeah. it, you know. Who who was your uh, favorite character in this film? Dang, um, <laughs> maybe the the warm up swimmer guy who just <laughs> stretches and doesn't go in the pool. <laughs> he like I, just dips I, his yeah, little. I love the shot. He like touches the water with his foot and is just like steps back. And he's like, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> Let's go. I'm good. But he's like so hardcore when he stretches. He's yeah. like getting warmed up, prime ready. Uh, I mean, there's there's love for everybody. You know, I think that's like, and that's the key. Like, if you can just love everybody, you just have a great film. You know, like everybody really has a charm to them. A charm to them, you know. There's a distinctiveness to it. I think like more so there are certain like, little scenes and moments that happen with these characters that like are, that I probably, you know, like the most. 
I mean, when... So, like, they're going out and shooting, and then Mo isn't around town for a while, and the townspeople kind of start wondering where he is. <laughs> There's, like, that gossiping old lady from the swimming oh, pool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she goes to Jayang, and is like, she's like, uh, what, aren't you guys kind of close, you and Mo? She's like, yeah, but I'm not really sure anymore. She's like, well, you know, kind of where has he been? And then that kind of plants the seed to Jayang, like, I wonder. And then she goes to look in the chicken shop for him to see that <laughs> oh, night. Yeah. And then, and it's just like, like what feels like a forever, like back and forth cutaway shots of the chicken shop owner. Like he like peeks over the table where he usually sits and he's like, he's not here. And it sits back down and then Jayong peeks her head inside and just like looks towards the table he's sitting and just like stares. And it's the chicken shop looking at her. And it just, like, goes back and forth and back and forth. Dude, that's a great scene. I love that scene. Because, like, literally, they do not use one, like, piece of dialogue. Right. And you can just tell exactly what they're thinking and, where you know, where, where their head's at. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Yeah. I think maybe Jayong is my favorite from out of everybody. Do you know who, you know who she is, right? What else was she in? Which one? There's been so many now. Oh, wait. Was that... Where it was like one girl has a crush on the other girl. Yeah. What was that movie called again? After my death. Oh. Twenty seven. That she did that role after this one. Yeah. Or well, like in a time in terms of shooting, she may not have. That really? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It is her. Is it? <laughs> Jeez. It's such a different vibe, right? She it like is. she feels so much older here, right? Right? <laughs> wow. Just like t- in terms of roles just changes like Dude, her pretty good actor. Persona. Yeah. That's a pretty good split. It's a pretty good range, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, she was she's probably like my favorite here. I, m- one of my favorite um scenes in this movie is I think in general is um Towards the end, when uh, Yi Wong, so like they are ready to put Mo back in the hospital, and Yi Wong stays behind in the countryside, and I guess she stays over in the house, and she's looking through his bedroom and finds uh. the diary entries, and then there's like a little tidbit where she reads the monologue, like the voiceover of a couple of chapters, and then it cuts to just like plain shots of Mo doing voiceover, like a monologue of the more recent entries leading yeah. up to the terms of shooting, and then one of them, it's um. He talks about his day like he kind of has like this um introspection of like some of the characters like uh, the chicken shop owner and then like the people in the pool and then he mentions the day is lonely yeah contrast to like you know the earlier scene where she's doing this whole like thing about him like this introspection like i can tell people really well and yeah i can read your face yeah i can see that you're a lonely person you're a very lonely person and all he says like at the end is Jiang is a very lonely person. Yeah. And like it for me, it just came like so suddenly and unexpected. And it was like perfect because it was so true. Yeah. And I it was just wasn't something that I was thinking in the moment. Right. But as soon as he said it, it just clicked in my mind. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like it's just like a light bulb go off. Mm. Like how powerful and yeah. like how simple that that was. Like just everything about like in in, in like in a flash. Jiayoung's entire character like <laughs> went through my head. Like I did an entire like character analysis <laughs> from what I saw of Jiayoung so far, and I was like, "Of course, she's a lonely person. Right. Why else would she be talking to some lonely old man right. for beer at a chicken shop?" And like you know, even going through the um, the assumptions of other people, thinking right. like you know they're together or whatever, right, and, and stuff like that, and it just like just. In that con- you know, in that conversation at the beginning, like she leads the entire conversation. And literally, like, she talks about plants, right? <laughs> right. Like, and uh, she's like, "Oh yeah, I grow plants. I grow plants. Like it doesn't even take that much work." Right. Blah blah blah. Which just like the full, you know, she talks like she hasn't talked to another person, mm-hmm. like deaf, like then, in depth. Remember in so that long. moment when uh, Mister Mo's, you know, coming back out from the. But yeah, the swimming yeah. pool, and then she's just like hiding, mm-hmm. like getting ready to give him like the little plant. 
And he's just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nope's out of there. <laughs> How about no? But, you know, like it's, yeah, it's cool because, you know, that little moment in that journal entry kind of reveals so much, right? Yeah. It's just one sentence, like one word. Yeah. But it just re- reveals so much about, it reveals a lot about Mr. Mo as well as a character as well. It did. Because it shows like how like he is thinking about those things, right? right? He's thinking about like what that person is like or what this person mm-hmm. is like, and and I think that's also the culmination of why he wanted to make the film as well because right. there are all these people that you know he thinks about and cares about, and this is something he wanted to do for them, right? This little yeah little film, and <laughs> he wanted to kind of you know show this to these people as well and kind of invite the community into this little right. thing that he kind of thinks is his last right. hurrah. <laughs> or just like, I mean, it's like my favorite scene because there's, there's so much to unpack with just that uh, monologue scene. But yeah, like even just making the movie, like when you read, when you're hearing everything that he wrote, it's unlocking kind of who Mo is, you know, because, you know, up in, he's a very silent person up until you see him. And when you read that, like you said, you kind of now know that, that he's thinking about those things. And there's just more than meets the eye with Mo. Right. And that, you know, on the outside, he kind of seems like a flat character or maybe he's a very guarded cold. character. Right. right. But he doesn't really say much. And, and that's what you kind of figure out is that he is a very guarded character. But internally, you know, he's a, you know, he has. He has so much inside of him. Though. Yeah. He's very introspective. Like he's pretty knowledgeable. Like he's very much aware of his surroundings and of the people that you know he meets with every day and yeah. like i said with like a chicken shop owner with Young, with the people in the pool like all these things that he has and the people that he has in his life that kind of seem like mundane or just like you know side pieces he kind of holds dear in his own way and yeah. he has appreciation to the banality of his daily life you know from what i kind of picked up was that as kind of flat as it seems like his old kind of retired lifestyle he when i read all those uh, entries, it's like he really kind of has a, uh, a special attachment to mm. that lifestyle. Like he, yeah. he appreciates and he like loves kind of like living that way, you know, versus in what it kind of appears on the outside. And like I said, by the end, when he makes his film and he invites all these close side characters, part of his life to the screening, he's kind of like showing off like a piece of himself that he wasn't able to, Ever. <laughs> yeah yeah like you know he wasn't able to like come out and you know do conversation with him when i said does it through like this film yeah so i mean the film we could talk about like the film in general just how much of that kind of you can unpack like one thing like how parallel the film that he makes is versus like the story of mo like what we're watching mm-hmm. in general it's like it's like I said, it's a pretty bleak film in terms of tone, but the film that they end up making is like inspired by uh, Charles Chaplin, and it's very like kind of comedy, like it's a silent comedy kind of film. It's very much like you know lots of movement and it's um, you know very like comedic and like has these bits in it. It's just a hundred percent different than what you've been watching up to that point. Mm. And then like as you're kind of going through and you're like unpacking the relationship and like the struggles that everybody's having with each other and then you watch the movie that they make and like if you just saw like the lens of that short film you wouldn't have even known like what was going on with those characters that you're watching or like Mm. you know what i mean it's interesting because like even in this short film it's like the whole time he's trying to kill him (laughs) kind of kill himself right right, he's trying to find a place where he can blow the thing up yeah and every time he goes somewhere he either like sees somebody or there's like cars going by or like mm. it, there's like a woman passing by or like the guy <laughs> jogging and he kind of feels bad. He's all, he doesn't want to blow it up there. So he goes somewhere else and he keeps on going somewhere else. And, right, right. And it's kind I don't know like what it means exactly, right? But mm. it's just kind of like all these <laughs> people <laughs> kind of stopping him from, you know, getting to that point where, yeah, yeah. you know, getting past that, you know, line and crossing that line. And, you know, they're the people around him are the ones that are kind of keeping him alive as well, right? right yeah. And in, in the real life as well. Yeah. Um, you know, his son and Yewon, who is like, if you don't go and get treated, then <laughs> we're not doing this, you know? Amen. And, and stuff like that. So I think there is that interesting parallel there, I think. Yeah. 
And two, like, it's not even, I don't even want to say that it's, like, killing himself that he wants to, like, end it all. Right, right, right. Like, he, like, swallows the It's the, the inevitability, right? Right. Of, like, he, what's going to happen. Because he does it by accident. And he's like, oh, shit, you know, and he, like, panics and tries to get it out. But, like. It's not working. It's not <laughs> working. And, like, the only conclusion is. It's got to go off sometime. It's going to go off, but I don't want it it going off in the city. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Like, he's just like... So he just seeks to do it, like, on his own, like, away from everybody. And he, like you said, there's obstacles and people that kind of keep him from doing it. And then by the end, like, nothing happens. Right, and and by the end in that, that, uh, you know, that last scene when he is in the dark area and, like, there's the lights in the back and... He like sits down and the and the little holy <laughs> firecracker in the back of his head yeah. starts like coming down and, and then the false alarm comes out. He's like, it's kind of you know, yeah, the perfect like little ending there. Yeah, another point too is I thought was um, so like after they finish shooting, and then like I think this was before uh, Stephen goes back to Seoul, and then also drops off his father. So he's like editing the film at home and it's like up late night and then he's editing it and then Yuan comes to him and he starts like breaking down as yeah. he's like editing the pieces of the film. And, it, and like I was kind of always going back to that moment like why was he kind of breaking down? Like what was sort of that tipping point yeah. for him? Because like this is after, you know, he finds out about his Catholic lady being his real mom and even like it's kind of well after that. And I don't feel like he was crying because of that specifically. Because he kind of already had like that emotional yeah. kind of arc going. So it was always like, what was it exactly? For me, it was once you see the short film, like you see this interaction between like Mo plays the the bomb person, whatever. And then his son plays like all the side characters. <laughs> yeah. And they're having like these comedic and like interactions and the beats. But like, it's going so well, like, the chemistry between them and, like, they're really invested in these characters and they're, like, really have this, like, sinking and, like, an acting level, which is so contrast to what their actual relationship is. So I was, like, I feel like that might have been the tipping point for him. Mm. And then he's, like, oh, it cuts so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, it's actually working. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, overall, overall really interesting. Any other points? Anything you wanted to... Yeah, um, one of my favorite scenes was after they finish filming uh, screening, and uh, you just get that wide shot of everyone sitting in this in their seats, mm-hmm. and I just love that shot because it's kind of like finding Waldo. Like it's like there's so many people in different areas, yeah. and there's so many things like they all have different expressions, and you kind of want to see like what they think about right, <laughs> yeah, what, what yeah. they think about the movie, and. Like, you can tell through their expression, like, what they think about the movie. Right. And I really love that little touch where, like, you can go to one area and look at one person and see what they thought and what the other person thought yeah, and yeah. what this person thought. And and you can't really do that all in one, like, one time because mm. it kind of goes by. So, like, I kind of, like, rewind it and <laughs> kind of stopped it and, like, looked at each person's expression and, and like, try to see, like, what they might have thought right. about the film. And I just really like that um, just because like it's the use of the wide and, and just having everything there in that screen mm-hmm. and you, letting the audience choose what they want to look at, like sure, which yeah. person or like and, and giving them the opportunity to kind of participate in that way. It was kind of yeah cool. It's just Jiayoung breaking down laughing. Jiayoung, like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> uh, she's the only one that wanted to like clap, <laughs> yeah, right? She's like you the can most see enthusiastic. It in her face. Yeah. Has like the biggest attachment to mm-hmm. Mo. Uh, um, who's your favorite character? Um, I like the chicken shop owner too. <laughs> um, but I think I like Chaeyoung too. I just like that character, Chaeyoung. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just so interesting. It's so funny. It, she's like just a very like, almost quirky person, but yeah. like she brings know, the most life, like out of you know. Yeah, she definitely does. Yeah. Uh, in terms of this movie being in black and white, like I think obviously it kind of helps. It it fits <laughs> the bleakness of the movie, mm-hmm. like story wise. But I think just kind of elemental wise, everything works for the film. I think that so obviously I guess for black and white, I think it really works well. Um, even just like 
the way that the black and white looks kind of has a more like faded like papery kind of look to it you know rather than being like super contrasty black and white um yeah i mean it all like helps like like we talked about before i was kind of thinking that you know when you're shooting in black and white right we're taking color away and like you said that kind of leaves an opening for focusing on other elements of the film like it's taking away like a distraction of the just the film of it and you're kind of left to um focus on other things or also just like you feel more guided into something like like now the filmmaker kind of has more power of like pointing you where to look per se like like i said like even just shot wise like lighting is the color of the film essentially like since it's black and white, wherever you see light is where you're going to kind of like look automatically. Mm. It's kind of using that power. Um, it was done really well. I mean, there were a lot of times where, like, for me anyway, for an audience member, I feel like that's a very subconscious thing. Yeah. For me, I was very like conscious of where I was looking and where I was supposed to look and like seeing like how he's kind of using light and like white versus black and where the focus is. And I was like, there were some shots I was like, like, wow, that was kind of really neat that you did it that way it's all about intention right right and uh i think the director had a clear intention in why he used black and white mm. and you can tell through the film um story-wise right like it talked about the bleakness kind of adds helps in the sense that like it kind of helps with the tone of the movie but it also helps with um like mr mo as a character and yeah. how he is in the beginning it also helps because the film that they make, the short film, is basically a Charlie Charlie Chaplin like, yeah. you know, parody, and that is also black and white. So, it works in that regard. But it it also works because of, you know, like you said, sometimes having color can be distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, if if it's not used intentionally, it can also be a distraction. But in this film, there's a lot of things that help to guide it. For example. Like under the bridge, when when there's that shot under the bridge, you remember when Mister Mo? It's it's part of when they're shooting, um, okay. when they're shooting the film, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. Mister Mo kind of gets tired and he like sits in that little like I don't know what that is near the under the bridge, yeah. and the old man like runs uh, <laughs> past by right, but the leading lines because of the bridge really gives it a nice framing for that shot, right? Or like or like the stairs th- that stairs uh shot where oh yeah where the yeah where the yeah, yeah. where he's trying to like you know get his uh <laughs> his bomb out yeah, and yeah. the the jogger like runs out like that's also leading lines right yeah. and you use that line use those lines to kind of put the focus but imagine like if there was color there maybe it could have worked as well but um who knows like you know how how yeah they yeah. would have done that but because it was black and white you can just totally just focus on that right. moment as well and yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that um, throughout the movie, obviously, uh, with intention um, by using that black and white. And I think, uh, yeah, we already mentioned a few, but yeah, it's really, um, I think it was a good decision yeah. um, on their part for using black and white. It works well for the film. Yeah, I think like too, like it just helps kind of what maybe the director's purpose of emphasis on this movie is. Like it's very much, like I said, it's very, the pillars of it are, like the actors, the performances, and just the script and the story. Like, it flows really well, and it's very, like, you know, beat by beat, and, like, it's very clear, like, how we go from A to B. And, like, like we said, there's, like, the element of just, you know, the lack of dialogue and, like, how he's kind of conducting, like, this, you know, kind of everything is kind of inferred rather than given. Like, it, it makes you kind of pay attention to those things more rather than, like, oh, look how pretty this movie is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, th- I think it also kind of removes the the softness of right. the film, right? It kind yes, of gives yeah. you that almost, you know, it's black or white, right? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I think the cool part is it is kind of like black or white, but near the end, it's more like, oh, they could also be gray, <laughs> right? <Sure. laughs> so I like that about it. It's kind of like the, the story is almost like, oh, like, you know, in the beginning, it's like, oh, yeah, it's black or white, but... Yeah near the end as we go near the end it's kind of like oh maybe there's something else there right yeah it's just funny how like now you know i couldn't imagine this movie with color right. like at all like it's funny how you know the identity of the film automatically like just takes up mm-hmm. it being black and white but also like that's like just my interpretation right sure. but i think 
because it's black and white, it lends to that interpretation. If it wasn't right. black and white, I wouldn't. I would have never thought of that. Thought yeah. or yeah, like I would not not have said that, right? Because sure. it's not in black and white. <laughs> but I think because it there is that seed planted, and it kind of gives that room for mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, it was a really solid choice. Just like, man, just like the performances are so great. Like, just kind of want to emphasize that. Like again, just you know, working with so much with how little that they have. Like we talked about, like how much little is like dialogue wise, and how things are kind of more focused and emphasized. Like you know their emotional state or like how they react to something by their movements. Like even if they're characters that aren't flamboyant in nature, like you know, Mister Mo is one, right? And like we talked about routine, and each night he goes to bed and he's like punching the pillow over emotional angst i guess like that's a clear you know kind of use of that or even with like just steven the son in general like he's kind of it's kind of like his dad (laughs) he's very much like like his dad i mean they're two peas in a pot all the way but he's a little more like passionate on his anger (laughs) for his father but it's like more shown in like his reactions all the time against his father or like i go back to the scene where they're seriously thinking about, well, it's him at the table and Yi Wong, and they're seriously talking about, you know, making the film and like Mr. Mo's uh, inspirations for filmmaking. He names all these like very old kind of classic filmmakers and actors and performances. And Steven's like in another room, like <laughs> eavesdropping. <fake> sleeping, <laughs> and he, like he's like eavesdropping on the conversation. And like as it goes on and on, and as like more like the passion of like the film comes to fruition steven just gets more and more like angry about having to do it and then he pulls out the invitation cards and he just like gets up sprints steals the card from you wong and is like are you really gonna do this <laughs> yeah and then he goes to bed and he finally agrees to it and he lays on the couch and he just like <laughs> just like knocks his head against the <laughs> pillow and the couch like that whole speech like just that whole scene speaks so much volume mm. you know yeah so it all, it all works really well. I, overall, I was pleasantly surprised by this film. I think it's could easily be like top five. I enjoyed it a lot. Top five, maybe top ten for sure. Oh, oh of for like all the movies you watched, all the movies seen really in terms of like this podcast, really maybe. Oh, I thought you were talking about the series. It's like we only have four films in this <laughs> year, bro. <laughs> that doesn't mathematically add up. Okay. <laughs> It's number one from the two others we've seen so far. Oh. Yeah. I like Tokyo Godfathers. Uh, so in terms of like the series, how do you think this kind of... This is in? second from okay. here. But this is like close second. It's like... it's like Yeah. Like it's like... Teetering yeah. on one. I only like Tokyo Godfathers more because I liked... Well, you're number weeb, one... You're a weeb, that's why. No, no number <laughs> one, it's more thematically in line... <laughs> This one, I don't know. It, it it it's it has the Christmas in the title. Sure. But, but it's not as like thematically all all Christmas. there con- like, you know, yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah. But I still love the film. It was great. Sure. And and they played a Christmas song at the end. So <laughs> Man, if you don't <laughs> So it still passes the Christmas film. So it gets second for D. Det- from deterring from the series. series yes. It, yeah, I was going to say, like, it sits a little on the same lane as Tokyo Godfather, where, sure, it's it just has, it's using Christmas as, like, a set piece mm. rather than being Christmas. Which I think themed, is completely fine. Which is fine, yeah. yeah. But it's doing its own thing, similar to Tokyo Godfather. I'll agree with you. I think Tokyo Godfather uses more of the Christmas right, theme right. with, like, Christmas Miracle and, like, kind yeah. of that supernatural, right? Yeah. And this film, like, sure, it has family, but it really is just its own mm. story. Which but is but set. it qualifies. Remember the, the qualifiers that I had? I get it. it on ha- paper, fine. It has to <laughs> snow. It snowed. It has to be. It has to have a, a, a climactic uh, nighttime scene. The firecracker on Jeez. his head as the climactic nighttime scene, right? Jeez. And then there has to be like Christmas songs or whatever, sure. Christmas music, Christmas feel, and family. And family. Four things it's that it all has. <laughs> I'll so pay it passes. I, it passes I my it. qualifiers. I get it. 
He's like, I made sure. <laughs> I I was money. Like, I, I was, it was not going to be Yeah, I made sure there was snow in the <laughs> <laughs> Just like drag the time bar. Yep, just to make just sure. make sure there's like, you know, white stuff falling. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's there, you know, it's just, you know, holiday movie-esque. Like it doesn't quite right. fit that mold. But right. it is a great film nonetheless. Like it is a really great film nonetheless. I, I, I was actually really... Like you said, pleasantly surprised and happy to have found this film. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just a bonus that my uncle is in it as well. Just like, wow, that got even better. <laughs> right, get him on the show, man. <laughs> get him on the show. He doesn't speak English. <laughs> you speak both, so what's the You want difference? me to translate the whole time? You gotta translate Translator. for a whole I hour. wish I can be a really good translator. <laughs> like a Pong Jinho's translator. <laughs> How can we get in contact with her? She's the GOAT. She is the goat. She's the goat of translators, of interpret interpreters. Uh, yeah. But I think, like, pitting against Godfather and this film, I like this film more, which is why I would put it one. I think okay. in terms of films is you have your opinions, I have mine. <laughs> we all know what we think of your opinions, Lee. <laughs> They're facts. <laughs> Flushing down the toilet. <laughs> Invalid. Invalid. What is our next film? Sean? That's a good question, Lee. The next film is going to put this film in second place. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> For me, anyway. Not on my list. <laughs> <It> might... <laughs> I didn't even watch it yet. It's not on my <laughs> See how much he hates me, guys? <laughs> he just personally attacks <laughs> what do you whenever mean? I... Not even what I pick, just what I love. Just assumptions. You're making assumptions <laughs> this here. Is not assumptions. <laughs> this is off the air truth. <laughs> they may not know it, but I know it. How about you get on with the story and tell us what we're watching? So we're going to be watching a little film that came out in 2013 called Story of Yunosuke. Picking this film, I was teeter-totter picking this film as a holiday film. On paper, it qualifies. Better have all my qualifiers, <laughs> bro. <laughs> on paper, it qualifies. Okay. <laughs> it may not be Christmas time all the time in the movie. That's fine. That's but it's fine. there. It just has to be in there. It just has to be in there. It doesn't have to be the whole time. It's okay. I think too though, like whatever you consider your Chris like your Christmas films, it's just like the movies that you watch this time of the year every year. Like if you're like, man, it's Christmas, like I'm feeling that movie. That's not my qualified. <laughs> Get out of here, simple <laughs> Like most of the time Christmas is gonna be in it because mm. like that's kind of the seed. But yeah. for me, like I think my number one is, um, I just brain farted the name. God dang it! Well, my go-to Christmas movie is Home Alone. It's Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. classic because I I watched it since I was a kid, like yeah, yeah. in Chris, like around that season, and it's just such a like Christmassy one, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it it's like even the theme of it at the end and stuff. So. I think I kind of got outgrown by it. Like I, I seen it so much. Right. I mean, I, I don't younger. watch it anymore. Like every, every. But sometimes I kind of like have that weird like itch yeah. for it. You know, like I need it. Yeah, I want to see it again. I need it, McKelly Culkin. Where are you? I yeah. need you. <laughs> Forever young. <laughs> Forever young. Uh, no, Perks of Being a Wallflower mm, is one that I can watch every year during Christmas. Really, it's one of my favorite films. But particularly like during Christmas, I'm like, ah, oh, it just it's got that. Something about the holiday times. I'm like, right. I gotta see it. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like that nostalgia that kind of like brings you back to that moment, right? Right. Yeah. It's just like even I don't know. Like I mean, there's Christmas in the film. Like it's just the wintertime setting and those scenes that's yeah. like gives you that feeling. Five, like, five, I gotta five. watch it during this time. And so this movie, Story of Inosuke, is kind of gives me the same feeling that like you know it doesn't always happen in Christmas, but it's there. But it gives me the same feeling like during the holiday season. I'm like, man, I just I gotta watch it. You mm. know. And so this is a film that is near dear to my heart. I decided to go with it for this time because I really want to watch it again. So I'm excited to watch this one again. Um, I'm really going to enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it too. How many times have you watched this? Not as many times as you think. Okay. I mean, maybe like four or five times. Okay. So maybe this would be like my fifth time or something. Cool. But um, yeah, it's it's been a while, actually. Like, I haven't seen it in... Like in a year, like, like about it, like the whole year, it's been yeah. a whole year. <laughs> last Christmas. So I'm definitely interested to see kind of like where I sit with it again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, that's always the thing. You go back to watch the film you love, and you're yeah. like, each time you're like, is it as good as I remember it? Weird. Is it falling off the tree? So that'd be great. Um, 
it's readily available. You could definitely find it. Um, I'll just go over really quick. So it's like about this guy named Yonosuke. And he's kind of an oddball character. And um, it takes place in the 80s, Japan in the 80s. And basically, he's like, he moved, he's from the countryside. And he moves to Tokyo to go to university. And it's really just kind of like a slice of life sort of film. And about the different people that he meets in his life in Tokyo. And um, he meets all different types of people and makes all different types of friends. And they all have like very interesting stories with him in their life you know and it's very kind of like oddball he's such a like an oddball character that each experience that he meets with somebody is like kind of unique in a special way um and so it's kind of is about that so it's pretty good it's feel good it's definitely not we're definitely having a big tonal change yeah i can see just from the poster thank god we're gonna end it on a high note happy note happy note so is I mean, he there? It's Christmas time. You gotta. Yeah, you know, skate like <laughs> is the like the annoying, like very happy-go-lucky guy that you kind of know. Oh no, that's you know, Oh no, that's him. Yeah, no. he's the he is the definition of optimism. Okay, so there you have it. We'll see you next week for Inosuke. Bye.